nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, year four of uh, SA Soccer Roundtable. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa. Um, Royce, uh, unfortunately, uh, unable to attend tonight, uh, but uh, next, uh, either next week or two weeks from now, depending on, on, on the schedule, uh, hopefully he'll be able to return um, and uh, hope everybody's well with him and his family uh, for that here. So Rafa, New Year. Uh, freezing your uh, cojones off, uh, we'll, we'll just say here. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can always tell when high school season starts because it gets cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the North Face needs to sponsor us so we can be out there at the games. <laughs> North Face, if you're watching us, send us some jackets <laughs> and some thermals. Uh, so... Tonight's going to probably be, uh, I say this every time, probably a shorter episode. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, what I had planned today didn't, it didn't go as I thought. And I just got in uh, now, so I didn't really prep a whole lot for the show. Uh, but Rafa has been uh, scouring uh, San Antonio, uh, getting some first glimpse of uh, some high school soccer. And, and I know it's week one, you know, it's the showcases and, um, you, Tournament. Know, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, be like NCAA, you know, football and, and put out AP rankings, you know, right, you know, right at the start. Well, I guess we did the, the power 15 based on, which is know, funny season and, and last year, but we're going to give it a couple of weeks before we bring back the power 15 to, uh, see how teams uh, cycle through, especially with unfortunately COVID uh, going strong. So players in and out and, and and battling like that. Here, I saw a couple of games get canceled. So, uh, Rafa, we'll, we'll start with you and kind of tell me, you know, about your week of uh, high school soccer. Oh, it's been uh, since the start of the new year. Uh, so, if you've caught caught me on on, on our Facebook page. Uh, some live games, quite a few games. Um, Saturday, I was at four games <laughs> from yeah, saw that. from morning to till dusk, and but there were great games, you know. And um, so it's it's always to kind of showcase the the soccer that we have in this town, and you know we're still going to showcase a lot more. Hopefully, we get out to like I said, we're just not going to go to to certain teams and so forth. I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna share the love with everybody here in this town and. And feature, you know, some of the teams that maybe don't, you know, get those opportunities and stuff. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And yeah, this week was a pretty interesting week. There's a kickoff week. Um, you know, I know it's it's still early to see who's going to come out. I know there's some some sites are trying to do their hot lists or 
their rankings and um oh you gotta oh, have them buddy you gotta have them the, for me it's like it's it's too early and they're, you know they're gonna have their bracketology already and we haven't even started district play so no so we're, we're gonna we're, what do you want to do is more of an analysis part you know we want to analyze the teams because right now you know you know for me for personally for me you know having that being in that coaching area you know coaching in high school it takes time to kind of build chemistry and you're still trying to figure out who's your, really your starting 11, who's what rotation you're going to do and so forth. And these games, these early on games right before district play, those are your tune-ups to see, okay, what works and what doesn't work. And you don't get a full characterization of what that team's going to do further down the road. So like I said, but- you know, does district start this week, though? I know, I know. For Northside, they do because if okay. you're in a ten-team district, yeah, you're right off the bat. You're gonna have, you know, unless you have a bye, but like, you're it's right like off that the bat. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Looks just looking at the schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like at least for Northside, looks like you know they've got matches both on the boys and girls, and then you know the weekend, you know the Southwest tournament, like Travis tournament, Harlandale tournament, Judson tournament. Um, at least that's for the boys and then for the girls, uh, Southwest tournament, any, any ISD tournament. I thought they just had that, but uh, yeah, that was going to be a showcase for the girls, uh, Corpus Christi for Brennan Edgewood, um, SAI SD tournament for the girls. Um, so, yeah. So a yeah, couple so, of teams are going away. Yeah. So it's like I said, some are still trying to figure out who they are. Like I said, but like for some, there are in those ten team or nineteen districts. Um, they're already going to start district play, so right off the bat, you know they can't. There's really no room for error when it comes to that. So, uh, just to kind of go over some of the you know games this week, uh, one of the big games I went to was on the couple of days after the New Year was uh, a very interesting matchup. You know, always when you have a Valley team come up and play a San Antonio team, you know it's going to be a great game. And so we had uh, our defending state, 6A state champs, uh, San Antonio Lee, go up against uh, our former state champ um, in the past. Very good program with Brownsville Porter. Uh, so they took the forward drive to San Antonio. They're at Comalander, and it was a great game. It was back and forth. Um, you know, Lee did dominate pretty much most of the game, but like I said, Porter held their own, and and Lee kind of missed a few chances. There's one miss over the crossbar, and uh, Porter did have one good chance, just was wide. So basically, it was like a heavyweight boxing fight, but it was a good a good test for both teams, and they end up with a zero zero tie. So that was, like I said, that was a good matchup for both teams. That kind of, I mean, that could be a, if it, if Porter was a six A team, you know, you could see that as like a like a six A regional final game, you know, at any time, um, and then. After that game, I went across to Blossom, walked over there to catch a couple other games. I saw the Reagan and Simpson Valley, two powerhouse teams. You know, the are going to challenge uh, a lead this year for you know in the region. And what a great game by Reagan! They, I was really impressed watching them in that first half. They really took it to to Simpson Valley and um, lots of speed, lots of you know. Real physical, great get, getting the ball up the field quick, you know. And they led, uh, they led four nothing at the half, and and that, and I think they ended up, I think five zero at the end of the game. 
Um, great talent. I think they have a chance to kind of the, the challenge Lee and then I went to the game next to that. They're at Blossom East and we had Johnson versus Clemens and Clemens was another contender from last year. Uh, but I was very impressed by Johnson. Johnson uh, really took it to them. Even with a man down, they still, you know, took it to them. And, and I was impressed by Johnson, like I said, and and I think Johnson might be in that mix for that, you know, for the district. Uh, we're trying to get my numbers right. Uh, district twenty eight six A. So it's going to be a three, probably a three team race in that district. You know, it, it could it's going to be little little. It's going to be more competitive than it was last year. So they have three good contenders with Johnson, Lee, and and Reagan for that district. I think for twenty seven six A. I think Spencer Valley. Um, I think they'll be up there with with Clemens. I think those two will be battling it out for you know for that district title. And then Friday, like I said, went went to a game here at Ferris. Went to check out give give the the, the girls soccer team some love. Went to see Marshall versus Southwest Legacy. Pretty good, even game. It was back and forth. Uh, Marshall did uh, get one early and were able to hold on. And you could say it, uh, Legacy almost had a chance to equalize, but just missed wide. And um, so, and then I stayed on for another half for a game. It was getting too chilly <laughs> for that, <laughs> that day. So I stayed in for the Stevens and um, and Brandeis game for the first half. And Brandeis, you know, they opened up the, the goal scoring and, and they, they, they impressed me. They had a really good, really good game. And, uh, like Stevens, like I said, I can. I remember me, and, uh, you and I went to go see them um, last year in the playoffs games against Del Rio. Mm -hmm. I can do. I can. I can't tell you even though even though they lost in this game, I can tell that there was some improvement with that team. Of much more. Technical. Well, they got a new coach. Yes, uh, and she's made a difference. The lady's name, but I think she came from Reagan. Yes, and uh, she's made a difference for that team. And and like I said, it's still early on, but mm -hmm. I did see a lot of. You know, a little bit better technical play than I saw from last year. So she's got them. She's got them on the right in the right direction, and um, and I, I think I think Stevens will be be fine, and I think they'll be up there. You know, contending for a playoff spot and maybe even the district titles once everything kind of gels in together. <clears throat> Any thoughts on the ladies' side? Um, this, like I said, I know I got some info for as far as with the showcases, some of the games. Uh, from Coach Cano from the 50-50 podcast. We're texting each other <laughs> some of the results and so forth. I know he was out there in shirts and and, and Cibolo. Uh He saw some great games out there. Um, you know, he's, he said he was very impressed by this one, uh, uh, by that Johnson-Brennan game. It was back and forth, and, and like, I know Johnson prevailed 3-2. to two. Um, He was impressed by Steele. They had a good, um, good game as well. Uh, Lee was out there. I know they Lee, Lee beat my my alma mater. They, they beat them three to one. I know Johnson beat them nine zero. So <laughs> that was that was that was eye opening there. But you know, good for Johnson. You know, that shows just how good that team is. So you know, looking looking at as far as and then he did send me some information about the Spencer Valley tournament for the girls, uh, which Spencer Valley did beat Canyon. Um, and then, like I said, we had Spencer Valley as our preseason power ranking number one I, I think i know they had a a little i had a, a bump in the road actually tuesday night against o'connor actually connor knocked mm -hmm. them off um they said i think they'll bounce back for that so it's pretty wide open with the girls as far as 
who's going to be the team to to beat, but also who's going to be the one that's going to contend against like Travis, Austin Westlake, and uh, there was looking right now uh, Vandergriff, the one that the team that did win the region and made it all the way to the state finals. Um, I did see some of the results they did. They went two zero and one, so and they beat a couple of hefty teams, and also they tied a, a really good Allen team. So the girls here have their work cut out um, as far as trying to close that gap and see they can knock one of those awesome team ups to get and get into the state tournament for this year. And then I know we had some teams out that were out of town. I know the Reagan girls went out wet, I think, to Houston or to the Woodlands. I think they did well there. Um, I know we had the O'Connor girls after that big win over Simpson Valley. They went to the Valley. I think they took care of some business down there. They beat a very good McAllen team. Um, so like I said, they look, we have some contenders here. We have about, I can say maybe about 16, six, seven teams that, you know, they could challenge some of these Austin girls teams coming up in the playoffs so that hopefully they can break through and get to the state tournament. And I thought Barney champion, um, they went up to, what is it? The national, uh, what is it? The next uh, national elite prep showcase. Um, their Saturday match, I don't think got played uh, for it. Just looking at the scores mm-hmm. uh, for it here, but they, they tied Plano West one, one, and then they tied a flower mound, a zero, zero, both quality opponents. Um, Antonian um, also played a couple of matches up there. Um, they lost uh, six to one to Ditton Geyer. And then, but they did beat Arlington Heights three to one, and it doesn't say you know the result uh, for you know their uh, Saturday match here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Saturday match uh, for that here. So I thought thought it was a for you know for um, for the San Antonio ladies and and for the boys uh, that you know as you mentioned for this week it's more about seeing what you have. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, you know, a couple of teams posted um, scrimmage results and, and, you know, along those lines and uh, for that here. And and then uh, I do want to also give a shout out. I think it was Hondo, right, is playing their first games. Yeah, I think uh, the boys won their first ever game. And, and I want to give a shout out to, I think it was Medina Valley that stepped up because, uh, you Missed know, the game against Kennedy. Up, yep. You know. Uh, had it had a cancelization and those two got to uh, you know got to play very very last minute which um, Medina Valley I believe won if, if I remember the score yeah. correctly I think it's uh, coach so. Payne in Medina Valley it's still coach Payne shout out to you guys <laughs> I remember him going against him when he was in Nivalde so but uh, like I said it's it's an exciting weekend I wish the weather was a little bit better you know it was cold and wet and and you know along those lines here and, and I know especially those early nine o'clock games. I know a few of them uh, unfortunately got canceled due to weather, you know, along those lines here, but uh, we're just getting started, buddy. Yeah. And I'm, and like, like I said, looking at like I said, also with the five, a girls, you know, with Bernie champion going up there, you know, those two results there, those are good results for them because those are two high, high power class six, a teams that have been in state finals. And to tie them is really good. It's a good stretch for them because they have this defending 5A girls state champions in their district, which is Dripping Springs, which I actually got to see a few weeks ago against uh, Swinson Valley. Um, so that that's that's going to help them in the long run. And 
and also, like I said, I think the Alamo Heights girls. I said they had a good, they had a, a good, good, you know, weekend as well. So we had a lot. Of, I guess a lot of good stuff done, you know, from the five A girls teams. Like I said, you know, the Richmond Springs is going to be the team to beat for five A girls. But like I said, Bernie Champion and Alamo Heights are going to be in the mix. Um, and I think I said we have other, you know, other ones, you know, possible contenders like maybe like the Southwest girls. Uh, I know last year we had like. A uh, couple, you know, like SAISD teams, like uh, Lady Mustangs from Jefferson, they could be a contender. Um, so it's it's a mix. And then down to the 4A, um, you know, the Bernie girls, like I said, you know, they're hopefully they'll be able to bounce back, you know, from that from that tough loss to Cal Allen. And I, and I heard that Cal Allen didn't do so well down down when their their tournament down in the valley. So. Hopefully, like I said, Bernie girls will bounce back. But then you have other contenders. You know, you have that Davenport team that's bringing everybody back, and they're they're a sleeper team. And so, you know, that's one team you got to look out for. Um, so I think I think four A girls is a little little open, wide open. But I still, like I said, I'm going to give the notch. I think Bernie girls will bounce back for that. And then for the five A boys, like I said. Uh, what can you say about Southwest? You know, they had some very good results. They they blanked um, Churchill. They blanked MacArthur. Uh, I think I forgot who were their. I don't know if they had a third opponent. Neither did. I don't know if they they have that or not. I'm trying to see. Um, I'm gonna pull it up real quick here. But they had really good results, and you know, going in to the this the showcase and. I think hopefully, like I said, they keep that momentum up. And like I said, I did get to see them play against um, Central Catholic, and I, I was impressed. Like I said, just the movement of the ball, the touch, and especially the uh, the, the forward play. I do know one of the forwards. So Southwest played uh, Laredo played Alexander that. on Monday. And they tied 3-3. Three, three. Uh, then on the 7th, uh, the – well, the, the weekend they roughed up teams. Uh, there's no other way to to, to code it. Uh, they they defeated Churchill 6-0 and MacArthur mm -hmm. 8-0. So um, along those lines here, but they're going to be going down this weekend to the Brownsville tournament, which was uh, or no, pardon me, they're going to be doing the Southwest tournament. No, they are going down. Um, Brownsville going down to the Brownsville tournament because they play Brownsville Porter on Thursday. Uh, Brownsville Vets Memorial on Friday, and then Port Isabel on Saturday. And and that was going to lead my question to you is your biggest issue in this, you know, the reason why I'm asking is because we talk about Southwest and this has been an issue with Southwest, but, you know, that's kind of in general here. Um, if you want to tee into Southwest because mm -hmm. we were just talking about them, but for the programs that have a good team, and I know it's still early, would you like them to, you know, play in the, in the showcases or tournaments that's, you know, here in San Antonio, or would you like to see them go up to Austin or uh, Dallas or down to the Valley or, you know, over to Houston mm -hmm. um, and, or out, uh, you know, and this is a shout out to coach Cano out West to, to El Paso. Cause there is quality out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any thoughts on, and I know it's a money issue, you know, let's, let's just be honest with about yeah. it here. Um, but any thoughts on, you know, if, if you're a team that is, looks like it's going to be pushing for playoffs, should they be making these trips outside, out, outside of just playing, you know, locally, or do they bring enough talent locally to, to, to take that step? 
it's not necessarily pushing for the playoffs. It's more pushing to break through the state tournament because the, a lot of those teams, like I said, you, you saw what the Bernie girl, the Bernie champion girls play. They play two teams that have, have been, have won state championships or, or perennial state, con, state, cha, you know, state contenders each year in six a. So if you're going to break through, you know, you have to probably play those type of level teams, you know, and, you know, there's some good tournament, and you know, that's why you saw like Reagan go up there to that uh, the the North the North Texas showcase. Uh, same thing with Clemens. You know, Clemens, you know, going to them, they knocked off the state runner-up, which is Rockwall Heath. So mm-hmm. those are the type of team. If you're gonna make that next step, that next step, and it's kind of the same cliche like with like with college football. If you're gonna take that next step, like if Cincinnati wants to take that next step, well, you need to start scheduling like the Alabamas and the Auburn, the Alabamas. And they the won't play them. <laughs> they won't play them. But, you know, you have to take that next, you have to take that next step. And, but I mean, going to the Valley, that's going to help them because that's been their kryptonite. You know, they've lost to Valley View. The last, you know, they lost to them last year, which to me, I think they should have beaten them. Uh, Valley View, I didn't think was a, a good team. You know, I just I basically saw them when they I saw them here against Kingwood Park. They were just playing kickball, and they just got lucky to their guy got you know got a, un, right behind them and and scored goals. You know, Southwest is more a uh, technically based team that can you know wear you down with passes and so forth and get and get up the field. So, you know, hearing that schedule where they're gonna for that showcase, they're gonna go down there. You know, a good a, a good tune up is going to be Porter. Porter is going to be the a good test because Porter, look what they did with, with Lee. They tied Lee, mm-hmm. so that's going to be if they can get a good result and if they can do what they did with the MacArthur and Churchill, then you now you can say, hey, okay, now we have a team that that's that's going to take that next step and get into that state tournament. And then also uh, then Veterans Memorial, they're another they're a very dangerous team and they have the talent too as well. Uh I, I don't think that they should have no problem with Port Isabel. Like I said Port Isabel's a I think we're 4A. I think there's there's still a young a young program. But like I said, the Porter Memorial uh, Veterans Memorial matchup, those are good two quality games. And that's going to like I say where are you at, you know, where you're going to be at, you know, as far as your team. And then as I said, do we, are we going to be able to take that next step? Cause the, the more likely they're going to see them in the playoffs, you know, since they go to that South route, they don't go through that Austin route. You know, they're going to see, you know, you know, some of those teams. And then, like I said, hopefully, like I said, then eventually they could see if they get to the regional tournament, you know, they may see a Cedar park or, or, you know, Dripping Springs or Bernie, Bernie Champion or Alamo Heights and so forth. So, so, so kudos, like I said, I think you have to take that, you know, in order for you to take the next step to play, be in the state championship level teams, you got to play, you know, you got to play the big boys. And I think sometimes you do need to go out. I know we have some big boys here, but, you know, you, you want to play teams that more, that have te- more technical sound. And you, you know how some of the club soccer down over there in Dallas is is one of the best. You know, you know, like I said, look, uh, with that FC uh, star player signing with one uh, with Osprey uh, Pepe. You know, just giving him as an example. Um, so you're going to see those type of 
type of um, players, you know, they're technically sound. They, they're going to give you, they're going to give you a game, and they, that's a good measuring stick of how good your program is. So, and then with the soccer season here, I just want to make sure we touch base. Um, I know we work a lot with uh, Coach Kano in the Fifty Fifty podcast, uh, which you can follow him at uh, Fifty underscore Fifty Pod. Um, and then another one who's uh, kind of stepped up this year uh, is the SA Boys High School Six A Soccer. Um, they're at Six uh, A underscore Twenty Eight. Um, both of those have been doing a great job along with us of trying to get scores and information out um, on on the teams. Uh, lethal uh, enforcer out of Houston. Oscar does does an outstanding uh, job of of putting information out. Um, if you can, uh, if you are at one of the games um, through that here or coaches, uh, if you can tag at you know the the score result at, at two t- or hashtag two ten soccer scores or hashtag txhs sock scores uh, for that here. Um, that way we can help, uh, you know, if you've got highlights, I've been seeing today, you know, highlights of uh, games, uh, you know, goals, stops by the goalkeepers. Um, I know you you had some videos out there, but um, if, if we can all kind of share and highlight highlight the, the players, because let's be honest, uh, highlighting players, highlighting teams um, is really how teams get attention. And, and, you know, you might find somebody out there that you want to go out and see. Um, but I want to give a shout out to the, the 6A Boys High School 6A Soccer um, and, of course, uh, Coach Kano with the 50-50 podcast. Um, always great to work with you guys uh, for that here. And, and hopefully, um, especially when we get to the playoffs here, we'll have each of you on. And, and I'm sure we'll have Coach Kano on uh, before that here. So any final thoughts? Uh, well, I actually for- got to go to his game on on actually on Thursday night. Um, Which, oh yeah, Coach yeah, Connor. Yes, Tuesday night. Yeah, and then uh, they played against. Um, and th- and I'm going to thank uh, St. Mary's Hall for, uh, mm-hmm. for their for their hospitality, let them be up there to view to tape the game against Brentwood Christian, and uh, that was a hell of a game. And um, I think uh, one of the players scored seven goals that game, so she almost broke the city <laughs> record. It's like she was close, so it's like she's probably be she's probably the leading scorer right over San Antonio. So I know I know they had a little setback on Friday, but I heard what you told me that they came back and you know uh, they were down, but they came back and made it to a game. And I know he's down four starters, so they should hopefully be back pretty soon. So I think I think they're in good shape to make the Taps playoffs and hopefully make a a, a, a long a deep run this this year and. Um, also, I was at, like I said, I was at the Alamo Heights tournament. Shout out to Harlan, the Harlan boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, great game. I mean, um, they, they took it to Arlington Heights. Um, uh, they, you know, were the class, you know, as far as in that church, touching the ball, getting up the field. I know they had, had to figure them out a little bit. You know, they're playing a little, playing, Arlington Heights playing a little, like parked the bus, but they were able to get through. And, you know, shout out to them because I took a little video and some pictures of them. So, you know, congrats to them. And I'm sure, like I said, they start, I think, district play on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Um, so, so a lot, like I said, a lot, there was a lot of great soccer this weekend. And like I said, hopefully I'll get to go some games on Monday and Tuesday. I will be out this weekend. I won't be able to go to some turns. I have some, some business to take care of <laughs> out West. Um, so it work. <laughs> not, it, no, it's all, um, actually I'm, I'm selling, I'm selling a vehicle. So uh-huh. I got to take, take care of that. Uh, shout out to Familia Segura Five from Laredo. I, I'll be there. I'll be in Laredo in, in early March and hopefully, and possibly in February. So I might catch some games down there. 
So, so you probably see me there with, with the phone. So maybe they're at um at the student uh, activity center or at Kruger Field. So if you see me there, say a shout out to there. So nice, thank you guys for being on the show. So, but yeah, I'm gonna hopefully we get to go to some games this week. Um, like I said, this week and then, like I said, the following week. Uh, I think Martin Luther King week. Um, like I said I will be out in Austin, but I might try to catch some games over there. I'm kind of curious to see so, some of these teams. I know. There is a big game coming up that week when I'm over there, and I wish it was in Austin, but it's going to be actually in Spencer Valley. The Spencer Valley boys are going to get go up against Lake Travis, so that's going to be a good, pretty good matchup. So you're in San Antonio, you know, take a trip to Spring Branch. You know, like I said, I think it's on for, on January the 19th. I think the game between Lake Travis and oh, it a, oh no, it's a Thursday night game. I think it's the 20 the 20th. It's between those two two teams. So. You had a chance to check it check it out. So with the and this might you know I don't know how how much you've looked at the schedule for this week here, but uh, any thoughts on this upcoming schedule uh, for this week here? Any games that you know I, I know you're not going to be in town, but any games that you think uh, uh, should you know if, if you have the opportunity to go out to? I know for the uh, tournaments or slash showcases, um, the girls Northeast ISD showcase is going to be a good one. You're going to have some quality teams there. So if you have an opportunity, go to go to that one. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday games. Uh, I know Northside starts district play, so there's going to be some very interesting district games coming up. Um, I, I don't know who's on the schedule. I'm trying to figure out where. On the schedule, where they're at. Uh, I got the girls here. So the girls, uh, Holmes the Taft at Ferris at five on Tuesday uh, at Gustafson. Um, you've got Marshall at home against Stevens. Uh, you got Jay hosting O'Connor at soccer uh, number one, and that's at seven o'clock. And then at five o'clock, you got Harlan hosting Brennan, which uh, on soccer number two. And then if, if memory serves me right, they flip, uh, you know, this is the girls. So um, you would have the boys um, play at seven, play at seven for Harlan Brennan. Uh, boys play at five for Jay and O'Connor. Uh, boys play at five uh, for Marshall and Stevens. And then uh, Holmes and Taft, you'd have the ladies play. Um, at seven here. So to me, the Gustafson area, you know, if, if you're able to go to Gustafson, especially where they have the soccer one, soccer two, one price gets you in and you're able to catch, you know, four games, in, you know, in, in, in that window uh, for that here. So yeah, that right. Harlan, um, who, who's Harlan playing that? Uh, Brennan. Harlan Brennan, that for boys and girls, that's going to, that's, that's going to be a very interesting matchup to start district play at, those are those are contenders right there for the for those for the district title. And, so. then, and then I did forget Warren plays at uh, plays uh, Wagner um, at Wagner uh, High School um, at seven uh, for that here. Let me check the. I don't know if the boys play that here. Hold on one second. I got the got the XL sheet here. I do want to give a, a heads up or a shout out to uh, Northside because they do make the. Uh, Soccer schedule very easy, unlike the Northeast um, and the others. <laughs> uh, for that here, uh, da, 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 da. 
So yeah, Warren girls are not playing. Yeah, the Warren girls are not playing on that that Tuesday night uh, for that. So they have a bio on that day. Yeah. So they're they're because they're the odd team out. Um, because Wagner's over in the NEISD, right? Uh, North no, the, the ones in the NAISD is Brandeis and Clark. Well, no, Wagner. Uh, Wagner, Wagner. Wagner's with the Judson ISD. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, they're, 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 they're start, they don't start dish to play to, I think, a couple weeks more. The 18th, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that coming up pretty soon. So, probably, what, two weeks, three weeks out from the Power 15, you think? Uh, is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we want to we want to see what er, er, after the smoke clears, everything kind of settles. You know, we don't want to be too premature. I know I know we see some other sites that kind of put premature their lists and so forth. You know, we want to see. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> but for us, like I said, we want to take a you know more of an approach. Like I guess and we want to analyze each team and. We want to see what what comes from it. I know last year <laughs> we did get some flack. We, we got bit by that. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, we played this team and we played that team. Well, well why? How come they're? So that's the approach we're gonna do. We, once the dust settles and we're already starting like district play, Don't then I'll some friends. You know, besides well, minus you know taps because taps is already in district play, uh, but you know we're gonna we're gonna have a par fifteen for the boys and the girls and. Um, and we'll see who, you know, who's really a contender or who's a pretender. And, and then and we'll, like I said, we'll keep on updated. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll figure out who ends up making the playoffs. And towards the towards I think we're mid March is when the season, the district season ends. And then right, right after spring break, I think the playoffs begin. So, so, so be on the lookout for that. So in lower league action, uh, if you haven't been following, the Athenians have already started, uh, you know, uh, highlighting players uh, possibly for the upcoming year. Um, you know, I've talked to, uh, you know, David with Central Texas, uh, the Hornets, and also uh, the Austin Elite, uh, Danny with Austin Elite. Uh, looks like the league's going to be another fun-filled league. Uh, there'll be some adjustments and, and some changes as always, but... Uh, um, with the um, UWS, it is looking um, like uh, you know it's going to be another fun season for them. Um, but uh, switching to San Antonio FC. So last we had, and, and we won't go into a lot of detail on the technical side, but we'll kind of talk about it when Royce returns next week or the following week here. Um, we had Patino and Dylan uh, that were signed, um, and Leo and Jose. Leo Torres returned from loan, um, and Jose Gallegos uh, was on the on the return here. So, first question is with Jose because the transfer window is open. It's been open about a week. You kind of surprised we haven't heard anything. I have a feeling that he's probably going to get the transfer window in the summer. I, I think they're gonna. If they haven't done it now, more likely it's going to be in the summertime. I think he's going to play. I think maybe teams are wanting to see maybe a little bit more and see what he does this first half of the season, and then they'll pull the trigger, you know, midway, you know, midway into our season. I mean, it'd be nice if they would do it now, so that way San Antonio can find, you know, like a. It's kind of be hard to replace him, but um, you know. 
it, and it's also be a benefit for him to already kind of get to start get to work over there and, and do what he need, needs to do wherever he gets signed at. So um, we don't know if he's if that's our you know that they, they, you know that that process could be already taken or we we just don't know. You know they could he could already be looked at and they're probably be working on a contract and. And, and the summer back. window is traditionally the bigger window, right? Yeah. So especially if you're trying to go over to Europe, uh, the winter window isn't. Um, you get player movement, but it's not as busy because teams are in, in season. And, and um, I'm assuming to go from the United States over to there, happen to clear with you know the you know the COVID restrictions and all of that stuff. The 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 paperwork um, takes time, so. Um, I would like to see him go, um, cause I think for San Antonio FC, um, it's better, but if he, if he's going abroad, going between now and summer, probably not that big of a difference, right? Well, I think for right now, like if you take for example, like Coutinho being moving over from Barcelona, Aston Villa, that was more for a need. Like I need a player now that will make an impact. You know, in Jose's case, is more because of his development. I think he's probably better off living in the one the summer because, you know, if he goes to a team, and then let's say that uh, they don't do well, then they change coaches, and then, you know, how that fiasco goes. You know, you might fall out of the favor from the new coach, and you're not playing. And so I I think it's probably best for him to leave in the summer window because at least he'll know that whoever the, he's getting signed, the coach. That staff wants him to be on that on that squad. Do you think it affects the fee that much going between now and then? Um, I know we think of it like you know with MLS, hey, it's the start mm-hmm. of their season, so you're going to get more of a fee now because you're going to have a full season. But over in Europe, most of them are halfway ish um, through their year. Do you think you know the fee that they would pay because you know now he's got a year left in his contract um, compared to six months? Mm-hmm. I think I think SAFC is going to be able to command more of the transfer fee. I think in the summer than more in the and then the winter time. And like I said, I think plus I think they want to put him in a good situation that, like I said, if they did it now, and then. He falls out of favor if they ch- make changes to that new team or coach. You know, basically we just kind of, <laughs> you know, throw him under the bus for that. You know, we don't want to do that to him. You know, I think the summer window is better, best for him because it's basically kind of like your, you know, when you have your your, your free agent season. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, and plus it gives them time to really, pl- you know, we'll have adjust maybe, right. You know, some time to adjust. You know, going into Europe. But also, he's already going to be in already in game ready, because you know now that you know, I guess it kind of out of the bag with the season starting in March, he's going to have maybe uh, two three months of two yeah two two maybe two three yeah two three months of, of games, and that's also going to help some other new maybe there's some new suitors they'll say hey you know they'll take a notice that hey maybe we do you know we want him, so now you start a bidding war. And SAFC is, is going to sell them to the to the to the highest bidder. That's that's what's you know that's what they're. I'm going to throw a wild card to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexico. Is there any chance you could see him go to Mexico? I could. I could see Mexico. It. Now would be the time to do it, right? Because they haven't kicked off yet. No, they already did kick off. Oh, they kicked off already. Yeah, yeah. Like Club America, most of the teams started this week. Um, 
but remember they do they finish their season in May. Mm-hmm. So they have that preseason, you know, how we had Pumas and mm-hmm. and um, you know, Caretero come over here. So that'll probably be the prime time. If he's gonna go down to Liga MX, he's that's when he's probably gonna get signed around because they do start the season in like around mid July. So and like I said, they probably would if he is gonna go in there, he's already gonna be in game shape already and he's, they can plug him in right away. You know, you know whether he's going to be a starter off more like like I said from off the bench, but they're going to plug him in into into their you know, I guess in their with their system and so forth. So um, I, I think is that's what a, is there a team you think he could walk in and start with? If, Obviously if, not Club America, but <laughs> well, you never know, Solari. <laughs> I mean, one thing about I guess it beat like I said since I was part of Club America's with their academy. You know, I know this weekend they had about six players on the bench that were from their from their academy team. So getting called up, you know, you know there, there are possibilities that can, can get called up. But I think if he's gonna, and like I said, he'll play probably probably for like the U twenty three teams or that or the sub teams in which he'll get the playing time there. But if he's gonna get into like the first, if he's gonna be in the first team. Realistically, I would have them play like maybe like a lower team that, since they don't have the uh, the the regular you know uh, promotion or regulation now, you know playing like a team with Kerat will be a good fit mm-hmm. for him you know because he'll get playing time there, um, you know Mazatlan, Atlético San Luis. Um, what about Juarez? Uh, yeah, Juarez would be another one. Um, the only thing is, we don't him. want him loaning him to El Paso. <laughs> to El Paso, so. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, there there's some teams like it's like um, uh, Pachuca's another one. Pachuca's very good at developing players, and and you know, if you see some of their uh, them, and um, maybe even um, I'm trying to think Atlas. You know, they're little the champs, but they do develop players. You have Rafa Marquez, and you know, just to name them if you name him. Um, so so if if you were Jose. Would you lean Mexico? Because it is a higher tier, if especially if you're going first division. Now, if you're going second division, stay in, in USL championships, probably there or uh, Europe. If it if if it allows, like I guess it is going to depend on which European league. If he gets to go to Portugal or Holland, then I go. I go to those. That's that's a no brainer. A Bundesliga would probably be. Then maybe that's because, where a lot of Americans do end up. Yeah, America, a lot of Americans do, do that. You know, now Liga Amekis, if you go there, like I said, a lot of Liga Amekis players have ended up in Europe. You know, they're playing in Por- Portugal, uh, they're playing in, in Holland, they're playing in in Italy or or, or Spain, and it, and even in England. So, like I said, there is a good track record. I know, like all Americas, they do sell a lot of players to Europe. You know, same thing with um uh, with Monterey, with Pachuca and, and Tigres. So it, it's he it's gonna go where where he's gonna get the best playing time and also the best opportunity to end up become getting to our first team. I think that's where he, he needs to. I think whatever wherever he goes to, that's where he needs to get some guarantees. Of, hey, I'm, I I want to get some playing time to get better. But if he does go to Europe, still hasn't made the eighteen with 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 the team over in Portugal. Yeah, well, so. I, I think I think SAFC needs to make a phone call. And say, hey, you know, you think you can love him out back over here? If you ain't gonna play him, hey, send him over here for a loan. It'd be nice. But I think, oh, well, that's a something thing. Jose can look into, you know, talk to Pirano. Say, hey, you know, 
he can look into that situation and see, uh, you know, maybe that might not be the first, you know, base, best place to go to, you know, you know, just firsthand, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think, like I said, I think where I think hopefully, like I said, SAFC does what's best for him. That's what that's yes. what matters the most. What's best for him that he's going to end up developing, and he's going to do do well. You know, you know, we don't have a, a you know situation that he goes somewhere and then the team falls apart or they're just not playing him. No, he needs to go somewhere that that's going to play him, and hopefully gets up. Even even if he goes to like a second division team, that'd be fine too. You know, if he's going to get playing time there, and hopefully, maybe that team moves up to kind of like the situation with Nathan. Uh, mm-hmm. His his team is now in the first in the city off for Brazil, so you know they were able to move up from the second division. So uh, those are some scenarios I think he needs to. I think if he, he needs to really look at before he signs anywhere. So we'll kind of go over the transactions here. Uh, first off. Uh, El Capitan, uh, PC, uh, Victor Guerrero uh, signed to a magically a multi-year contract uh, for that here. So I'm excited to hear, you know, see that multi-year contract. Uh, you know, we, you know, obviously we all know what uh, PC means to the team. Um, it'll be his third and at least fourth year uh, with us here. So thoughts on PC coming back? That's your heart and soul of the team right there. You know he's he's he makes his team run, so I'm glad to have him back. And you know just his experience and stuff, it's gonna you know you know carry you know pretty much carry the ship with us and get things get things going for us. So we're it's, we're happy to have him back because he he he's, he means the world to this club. The next one that was announced was uh, Mohamed Abu, uh, who signed midseason. Um, had a pretty good impact, I thought, uh, you know, especially in, in the defensive midfield uh, for that here, uh, a veteran, uh, you know, also signed on a multi-year uh, contract as well. Uh, your thoughts on what Mohamed uh, brings uh, to the team? I know we only got to see him for what, uh, the second half of the season mm-hmm. uh, for that here, but your thoughts on the 30-year-old midfielder coming in? Well, remember he was a, a trialist in those, mm-hmm. in those Liga MX games, yes. but he was he was impressive, and like whoever scouted him, kudos to the, that person. Hopefully, they gave him him a raise because once you know when PC went down and, and we plugged him in, he 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 was on. He took full advantage of you know and and then having both of them play at the same time, what a deadly deadly midfield that we have, you know. You know, kind of you can kind of compare that like to the with Modric and Casemiro and and um and Kroos. You know, that's kind of how I see them. They have that chemistry, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I'm glad that we have them back. So I, I think in the Western Conference, we have the best midfielders with Abu and PC, you know, I'm, I'm, on the uh, defensive. But PC is going to be more on the on the wing. But the thing is, PC is ver, ver, uh, versatility. Ver, Versatility, yeah. So you can plug him in the middle with them. You can put both of them in the middle. So, so just like I said, having those, getting those two to sign, you know, sign, sign with us, especially with the surprise. Now we're doing multi deals. So kudos <laughs> to the SAFC. I think they finally learned. Hey, I think we need to. I need don't to- think it's. Uh, I think I think that's part of it. 
But I think the bigger issue on why we're seeing more multi-year deals, and it's not just from SAFC. Um, you know, now there's been other teams that have done it, but a lot of teams are. I think it has to do with the uh, CBA between the players and and the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's one of the hidden successes of it is mm-hmm. teams are able to commit. They know what they're going to be committing to. Um, you know, a- along those lines. And the third one that came in uh, via transfer sign kind of um, was uh, Mitchell Tainer. Um, and I think this is where it kind of bit San Antonio FC uh, through here because we've got to remember we loaned Emil Cuello to Sacramento. They loaned Mitchell Tainer to us. Uh, Cuello was able to sign on a free because I have a feeling he signed just a one-year deal. However, it does say here uh, SAFC acquired uh, Mitchell Tainer via transfer. Um, and then, of course, they announced a new deal, um, but it was a new multi-year uh, deal here. So um, I know he's a fan favorite. Uh, you know, I've heard rumors that he follows the show. So, you know, thank you, uh, Mitchell, uh, you know, for, you know, for doing that here. And, you know, maybe one of these days we'll be able to have you on uh, when, you know, if, when the new uh, social media um, communications guy is guy or gal is announced through uh, San Antonio FC. But uh, your thoughts on Mitchell Tainter uh, coming back um, to anchor the back line? Uh, what it, when when we picked him up, us you know as far as a loan that changed the dynamics of the team. I think Marcina realized that we needed to get faster. You know we we're getting killed by speed, and we didn't and ha- the you know. Not a knock on the defenders that we had, you know. It might, you know, minus Camir. No, it's a knock. It was a knock. Uh, yeah. Because um, I mean, and yeah. Axel, they were tall. They were physical, but USL is played at a different speed than it was three, four years ago. Yeah, I, I think what what changed everything was was going against Colorado and also even our RGV. Mm-hmm. The speed was hurting us, you know, from their forward. So. Once we picked him up, and then like I said, we added for, uh, Courtney Ford, and then with Kamiri, where our defense became lights out, and and we had the speed, we had you know we had the physicality, you know, and like I said, also they were offensive too, you know, they got you know Courtney got a goal, you know Tanner got his, and even Kamiri got his, so the that that three the those three you know pretty much gelled, but to have them back. We can build a defense around him, and this kind of in the same mold. And I think I, I think Marcina's starting to understand. You know, like you mentioned, this is this is especially the Western Conference is a very they have very fast forwards. And Colorado if remember, Springs, watch out! Yeah. Colorado Springs ain't playing this year. Yeah, I mean, but Colorado Springs needs that needs to have a defense. <laughs> they don't have a defense. Well, they signed uh, uh, one of the stars from El Paso, so. They they are working on that side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can't win five five six to five games every every game because that's gonna. They may have scored. They must have. They may have scored the most goals in the USL, but they gave up a lot. <laughs> so, um, so they like I said, defense does win championships. You can tell that OC <laughs> Orange County. Yeah. So, gotta give so, it up to them. You gotta give so, it up to them. The pipeline, uh, San Antonio to Phoenix, um, is just as strong as the pipeline from RGV to San Antonio. And uh, this year's RGV to San Antonio uh, is defender Carter Manley. Um, this one kind of puzzled me a little bit. Um, 
you know, I was talking to Royce and, you know, I wish Royce was on, but we'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk about it more in detail, uh, you know, when he is on the line. Um, but he feels that this is the uh, Ford replacement because l- let's be honest, the odds of Ford coming back are, are probably pretty small just because I think, number one, I think the Rapids will sign him. If not, I do think a MLS team will, will sign him because he is a quality player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, if you do want to come back to San Antonio, we'll more than welcome. <laughs> we'll more than happy to accept you. Open, uh, open uh, arm. <laughs> but uh, Carter Manley, um, speed, as you talked about. Um, I talked with Edson with down in the Valley. Um, he's very good at crossing the ball, um, which if you're going to be going up and on the wings there, which we've seen, you know, with what Courtney was able to do and along those lines, he is a little bit shorter compared to the six, two, I think he's what five eleven, you know, five yeah. eleven, six foot. So he is a little bit shorter, um, along those lines. That's why I thought maybe he would go out on the wings, maybe a little bit more, but I think in kind of, you know, talking with, uh, Edson talking, uh, with Royce and then um, USL John with USL Tactics, uh, you know, highlighted him a little bit. Um, I think he is going to fit, uh, you know, in one of the center back spots, most likely on the right hand side. So, thoughts on Carter Manley, uh, you know, making the drive up what 281, I think it is, right? Uh, between RGV. It's, com- uh, it's, coming, it's coming to to San Antonio. For, it's coming for better tacos over here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great signing. He's a great, great player. I saw you know some highlights from him, you know, and I, th- I think he fits the Marcina system, you know, just speed wise. Yeah, the height might hurt a little bit, but overall, he's a great player. He's got experience, you know. Plus, he he was a high draft pick too in the MLS Super Draft. Yeah, so, you know. so well, to me, he reminds me a little bit of Deplane because when Deplane yeah. was in there. You know, he was probably very similar in height, maybe maybe even a little bit shorter, but very similar in height. But he has that speed where you know, the plane obviously, you know, more elders elder um didn't have it. But with with you know Carter Manley, uh, you know, f- you know, he's a very quick guy. You know, he did have two goals in 44 matches with, with RGV. Um now, one know, thing you know, did mention about crossing, you know, yes, let's say if Midloney goes down. You can actually literally plug him in there on that. We're playing the three four three again this year. You can literally plug him in in Maloney's spot, and he's going to be sending crosses into Patino and to Dylan. So, so that thing, I think that that could be a possibility there. Why they sign him because he can play both those those areas. Because like I said, he's that versatile, yeah, yeah. You know, if RGV is playing a four, uh, a four back, you know, we're you know we're playing the three back. You know, there's a possibility like I think he could be that outside winger, the defensive winger, or like I said, where Maloney or PC's at, and we can plug him in, you know, and with him being able to cross the ball. And also he's often great, you know, offensively, it's a win-win for us. So, you know, having I think that's what Martinez going to try to look to see, bringing players that are versatile at different positions that, you know, we had that injury bug, you know, and that hurt, hurt us a little bit early on, but like I said, we got healthy towards the end. But I think he's finding a little insurance policies to make sure, you know, because we, like I said, we're out. Maloney was out for quite some time, and we were kind of we were missing him with his his speed and his little tenacity out there. But I think having him, like I said, I think it's a good it's a good fit. Just like I said, just in case if something happens to Maloney, we can always plug him in, you know, back on that side. And then uh, a clock is right twice, uh, twice a day, right? And mm-hmm. uh, SAFC tweeted that they were bringing in, they tweeted the New Zealand flag, and uh, I was uh, 
said, hey, I think this is might who it be. And that was, and I ended up being right. So uh, just like clock, I'm, I'm right maybe once a day uh, for that here, especially if you ask my wife um, for that here. But uh, San Antonio signs uh, forward Elliot Collier. Uh, he's a New Zealand international. Um, I reached out to TJ up in uh, Chicago. Hard worker um, is what he said here. Gives full effort. Scored some goals, but um, I think he's one of those where he's kind of that fringe MLS talent. Um, when he played in uh, with Memphis in 2019 and 26 matches, he had six goals, uh, um, six goals, and he you know he did play uh, for you know the New Zealand national team. Did have a goal for them as well. So you know in 2019, um, he did have 29 appearances, seven goals. Uh, for that here he did play you know to be fair he did play in 21 matches last year with uh chicago fire um unfortunately did not score a goal um and i know safc's kind of you know uh, showed his highlights uh to me i think he's fills the role of nathan now i'm not saying he's starting uh because i think he's going to be more the guy that comes on at the 60 minutes because i think you're going to have Dylan and uh, Patino most likely are the two starters because that was what was supposed to have happened last year before Nathan took off. But I do see this guy being the first forward off the bench um, along those lines or possibly challenging uh, Dylan. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he passes up Patino. I think Patino is a guaranteed starter. But um, your thoughts on, uh, on uh, Elliot coming in from the fire? I mean, ha him having the MLS experience is going to help. Um, and, and I think I remember the situation last year, you know, we had Dylan out and it was mm -hmm. tough on our forwards, just Patino. And then finally uh, he was out for a while. Then he, he was, was out, out a long while. Time. We brought in Perusa just for a few games and he got called back. And, and that's when Nathan really kind of had that breakout season. So I think the direction Martinez is going is like, we need some insurance policies. Okay. Let's, let's bring in another forward that has that experience that we can rely on just in case, you know, if Patino can't go or Dylan can go, he's got the experience to, you know, to start, you know, a, a few games, you know, maybe cause like I said, I mean, you know, this is going to be a different season. Um, I but I think he brings that. Cause let's be honest. Um, Dylan isn't a dribble guy. He's not no. going to most likely. He's not going to be anybody off the ball. Patino, I think, can. No. Um, but you know, he, I don't think he, that's the type of, of position that that you want him to be in um, for Patino. But I think I think you know Elliot Collier, just from the film that that I've seen, he's more of that you know that that striker that can have the ball that can kind of drive in a little bit and either dish it off or you know you know or, or finish it. Now his his finishing is USL quality, you know, let's, that's why he's not starring in, in MLS. But I think for championship, I think he'll, he'll, he'll score some goals this year. I have mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind. The question is, is, is to me, you know, it, you know, is, is he going to start over Dylan or is Dylan going to be the guy that you bring in at that 60th minute for him? You know, I think those are the two that you're going to rotate. Cause I think, um, and, and we'll have Royce to go in further detail. And of course, that's what season kicks off in two months. So we'll have plenty of time to, to talk formation and tactics. But um, I, I see I see Elliot being, you know, that, you know, 
first half, you know, you know, 60 minute guy and then Dylan coming in or vice versa, depending on, on the matchup. It's kind of like the season that we had the year before when we had like four, 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 like four quality forwards, mm-hmm. you know, with a, uh, when we brought in Perusa, we also had our, what's his name besides Soniak and who was the other guy with the short shorts? <laughs> I keep forgetting his name. Oh, uh, you had a, uh... So, but we had like four good four quality forwards, you know. That way, we can kind of rotate around. I think he's he's gonna be part of the rotation, to like I said, coming in in the 60th minute or over a change of like a change of pace type of forward. If we need some instant offense, like I said, he 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 fit he fits. You that had uh, Di Rienzo, Solinag, yeah. Baloney, and Peruza were were the were the four that you're thinking. Yeah. So I think I think that's what I think Marcina's probably wanting to build as far as to qual- have some quality backups for for Dylan and for and for Patino and I, he and he's one and he's one and I th- I still think we're gonna get another forward maybe hopefully we'll get someone like kind of like like Nathan kind of that that dr- fast dribble take on one on one that creates and I, I think, think they bring in a young guy though. Yeah, and that's what we're missing. And, and and hopefully, like I said, the scouting, like I said, the scouting team does it well. Hopefully, we'll bring another someone else from South America. <laughs> and oh, well, who knows? Maybe we can bring back Nathan because th- there is a log gem in that in that team for Ford. So, or unless they want to send us one of his teammates, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, that way they can get playing time. But I think I think eventually, like I said, we'll find that fourth forward to be that take that role for you know for Nathan as far as. Take like I said that one on one take on take on the defender and create your shot type type of player. So the last little bit of news, um, full schedule. Um, Nicholas Murray, uh, you know, tweeted you know uh, on a tweet that I was on with uh, Annie Kaufman with you know Colorado Springs. Um, full schedules being released on Wednesday the twelfth is what it sounds like here, but the home opener. Detroit City. Uh, we're gonna have Todd on um, and just set the table. It will be an adult version. There will be a harsh language on that one, so it will be explicit. You're you're you're, you're an owner, right? I am an owner. You're a part owner. <laughs> so you're I'm part- gonna be pl- San Antonio FC is gonna be playing a team that quote unquote I'm an owner on. So I think Todd I helped supported I think, the move. I think Todd is. I think he owns part of it too. Or Todd is that? also. I think two shares. I think is what he did yeah. as well. So we got the scarf. So um, I'll probably take uh, my ownership scarf and see if I can get some players to sign it. Even though I'm an SAC. Hey, now, fan. now you can now you can get us a suite for that game. <laughs> Oh, uh, I should ask well, Preston saying, hey, yeah, me and Todd are owners. You are the, <laughs> technically, you are the owners of the, of the team. You can walk, <laughs> walk down on the field. You can be like the Jerry Jones. <laughs> so, but Detroit City, uh, what can you say? They are, they've worked their way up the pyramid. Um, I wish you wish we could say promotion-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, they've did it the American way where they did it through the amateurs. They were a top team. Uh, they went to Nisa, pretty much swept every tournament title that Nisa had. Um, and this will be their first year um in uh in, in USL championship. Um it'll be interesting to see what the Northern Guard brings. Um 
I'm gonna give the uh, just give a warning. Crocketeers, Two Ten Alliance, Mission City, Detroit City, Northern Guard. From everybody that you hear, is legit. So I know they start, you know, at Keyworth, you know, the following week. Um, but you got to have a feeling uh, that uh, there will be a handfulish uh, of uh, Detroit City supporters that come down. Um, you know, for the first game, you know, I'd like to. I have a feeling we're probably going to see a pretty good uh, turnout. Uh, pretty good turnout, just because Detroit City is one of those clubs that has followers throughout the world, not just the United States, but you know, they're, they're a brand team. They're up there with the cosmos when it comes to uh brand of lower league soccer teams in, in the United States. And, and I would contend that um, I would contend that they, you know, if, if you were to ask a, you know, top 10 of all soccer teams in, uh, in the United States, that they would be right up there with the MLS teams and the cosmos and, and along those lines. So, I, for one, am excited uh, to see it. Uh, his his last couple of years, they've had Maxi Rodriguez, um, who's done an outstanding job with the growth. Uh, I think he went to Richmond, if memory serves me right, or Loudoun United, um, but he made the move to Detroit City last year. He was a, um, a uh, MVP candidate. Um, Pato, uh, striker, um, played at St. Mary's, went to, um, Corpus Christi, uh, down in USL league two teammate of, um, oh, who's the, who's the young kid, the guy with the, the young guy, um, Ollie, 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 right. Him and him. Ollie and Pato tore up League Two uh, with Corpus. Um, last year they were on there. I think they had seven, eight goals apiece with Detroit City. Um, I think Pato was the MVP of, of NISA League last year. Maybe, maybe SASC needs to steal them. <laughs> uh, well, Pato, I don't think I don't Pato would come here because I don't think he'd start. And I think he has a starting. Yeah. Uh, thing. I, I I think that if if I was if I was Detroit City, those are two that I try to bring back. Now, Detroit City, as of this time, has not announced any player movements. Um, I think part of that may be kind of working through the legal contracts, you know, of going from NISA to USL because there is, um, you know, it is a change and uh, along those lines here. But I, for one, expect a full stadium. I, for one, expect a rowdy crowd, not only from us, but also from, you know, the Detroit, Detroit City supporters here. I know Todd will be there, but Todd will not be rooting for San Antonio FC. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on Detroit City uh, making their introduction at Toyota Field? Well, it's great for I guess it's for the city of Detroit because now they have a kind of like I said like a more not saying the lower level level leagues are bad like I said it's it's more of a high profile USL is more high profile league so it's, it's great a for, more it's a more yeah, high profile league than it's, it's great for them you know and who's this you know like I said I'm sure they're gonna have some television deals and so forth for that area I think that area has been lacking 
like a, an LMLS USL type of team, and it's great to have them in the league. Um, it's going to be even better when we when we beat them on March on March twelfth. I do think we beat them. I, I do. I I say I, I've already said this here. I'm glad we're facing Detroit City in March than facing Detroit City in in October, June, or July. Yeah. And and this might be something that, that you can speak to. They they've let's just be honest. They've killed Nisa. Uh, pretty much any you know any title. They won. It was convincing. It wasn't close. It, they were on a separate level. But playing at NISA, which is D3, and, and there's some quality teams, but it's – I don't even know if they're the level of USL League One yet. I think it's close, but they're not USL Championship quality as far as the talent that they're facing. So, And I know it's a new season, um, so that, that comes into play. But from a coach, you know, and they retain their coach, and, and he's a proven coach. You know, I forget it. I f- forgot his name here. But to go from playing, you know, we'll just, you know, even in high school, let's say if you go from playing 5A, you move up to 6A. Even the bottom teams in 6A are generally on par with some of the better teams as far as talent-wise, but more important depth-wise because um, I think that's the big difference between USL Championship and League One is the depth, you know, you know, one through 11, maybe, you know, you could probably argue maybe a team here or there, but it's, it's that, it's that depth that, that comes into play. But your thoughts on, on, on Detroit city making that step up from NISA or just in general, it, it, it is, there is an adjustment period, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big jump. It's like with any like you mentioned, like high school when a when a team jumps from, like a football team jumps from five A to six A. You know, you're gonna play bigger teams as far as population wise and and also depth wise. And then also, you know, I don't know how with the with the make out of their team, are they gonna keep that same squad or are they gonna? I'm we sure they're gonna that. add. I'm sure they're gonna add bits and pieces as far as players have had USO experience and maybe even mm-hmm. MLS experience to get them, um, you know, uh, to compete, you know, and it's going to take them time to get, build that chemistry um, unless they pull off something like Oakland roots, you know, which was just, which is possible, which is but Oakland roots started out slow. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's better to catch Detroit city early. Yeah. Then I would even say it's better to catch Detroit city in their first match than catching Detroit city you know, three, four games into the season because they're going to get used to the pace. They're going to get used to the physicality because I think there is a different level of physicality. And number three, Nisa doesn't draw as far as fans. Detroit City does. Chattanooga does, you know, brings four to 5,000. But USL, outside of the two teams, and the only two team we have out in the West is Los Dos, um, they are in the East, so they'll still contend with, um, you know, they got Atlanta United, New York Red Bulls, and Loudon. So they'll have a couple of dogs as far as for, you know, for the two teams over there. But the crowds, you know, Louisville, Tampa, Birmingham. Birmingham's going to be, you know, they're moving to uh, UAB's new stadium. Mm. Was it protective field? They're going to have, I, I would estimate, probably eight to 10,000. Um, most likely, and if not, I know I know uh, uh, Kaylor Taylor uh, with Hammering Down podcast is hoping for more. 
but they're they're gonna have they're gonna have have a crowd. So that'll be one one interesting aspect to see. It's one thing to play at home in front of crowds at Keyworth, and they do, but playing on the road, I'm not sure Detroit City, you know, has faced week in week out that type that type of atmosphere. And that's a longer season too, so yes. they're gonna play more. Like I said, you got 34 games, and then and then there, you know, no favors for them. You know, you got to contend with Louisville. You got Miami, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Tampa, you got some big dogs in that conference too that, you know, it's going to be a dog fight for them. But I, th- I think, I think if they can do kind of, you know, it's kind of like you mentioned the same approach with Oak, like with Oakland roots, you know, if they can, you know, they're, they're going to take their lumps early, but if they can kind of stick around, you know, and I'm sure that oh, they will, they will. And the I, fan, I, I think the fan, their fan base will keep them motiva- motivated. And, you know, who's to say they may surprise some teams towards the, towards the end. So, like I said, well, I think they're a playoff team. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think they're a playoff team. Um, I, I think. I think. I just think. I think it's kind of like playing Colorado Springs last year, where it was better to catch Colorado Springs earlier than later. Um, now San Antonio had good luck against Colorado Springs, um, but I, I do. I do think uh, that that will be the case here, um, but. Final thoughts uh, from you here. I know we've kind of covered quite a bit of the high school for about the you know first half. Uh, we got about a half hour ish in on San Antonio FC. Uh, any final thoughts that you have here? Uh, just final thoughts is like I said. Um, glad to have the season kick in. Hopefully, like I said, um, for the players out there, you know, be safe. You know. You know, I know with the, with the COVID variant, you know, with the Omicron variant, you know, it's it it is more more catchable. So you know, we don't want games to get canceled. I, I did know, I did hear about a tournament did get canceled because of that, and I know some teams had about because of it. So you know, like I said, just be careful, be safe, and like I said, we want we don't want the season to happen like in 2020 and you know, get you know to get stopped and so forth because i know some other get stopped but yeah. i do think that there will be games that won't be played or have to yeah. be rescheduled. so just be safe on that and like i said uh, just good luck to all the teams out there work hard keep on doing what you need to do and like i said um i look forward to like i said having the the power 15 pretty soon um, like I said, and I know we got some interesting matchups coming up, so hopefully I'll get to see some of you guys there. So don't be shy if you see me there, say hi. Um, like I said, to talk about, like I said, it was great talking to a lot of the parents uh, out there, you know, talking about, you know, the games, about their teams and so forth. So it's a good, like I said, I'm glad we're giving, with us and the 50-50 podcast, giving that, co- that co- the coverage to the high school soccer that, 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 we, that they deserve, you know, we deserve to have here also. Here in the town too, so I'm I'm happy about that. And then, just like I said, hopefully everyone had a safe holiday, happy New Year, and just be safe out there. And like I said, I just, I got my booster a few weeks ago, right on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Didn't feel a thing, no no illness, so I'm good. I'm good to go there. So, but I can't wait till um, some of the I don't know if the game February 12th with SC Dallas is going to be allow fans maybe a real road trip. I know that Harry, I think. El Paso, right? Road trip to El Paso. I've already well, I've already got a hotel room reserved. Um, I've already got me and AJ are cleared to go. 
So if somebody wants to ride with us, uh, you'd have to get your own room, obviously. No, that's fine. A I'll, ride with, I'll probably ride with you. AJ's, <laughs> AJ's got a bed. I got a bed. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, yeah, and Robert uh, invites open to you if you want to bring uh, the sun. And, and like I said, we can pack it into the truck. Uh, but yeah, El Paso, if rumors are true, are on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, which would be awesome. And hopefully we'll be able to get out. Um, my final thoughts, number one, um, if you're a member of the Crocketeers, there's an annual meeting at the end of, uh, January, please, uh, you know, reserve to go. It's, it's their annual. It's the big one. It's the off season. Typically they'll have a representative from San Antonio FC, uh, there. Um, it's going to be at, um, uh, second here, uh, January 29th at 1 PM at Alamo beer company. Uh, for that here. Um, so, you know, there's going to be, you know, officer elections, door prizes, uh, announcements. Uh, it seems like we typically have um, somebody from SAFC there. They haven't said that this year or not. Hopefully we'll, we'll continue that tradition. Um, 210 Alliance, Mission City, or, you know, whatever the supporters are. Um, if you guys are having annual meetings or let, let us know, we'll, we'll definitely uh, put that out. Um, especially this time of year, you know, as we're gearing up for, you know, for the new season um, along those lines. Um, Crocketeers also did mention that they're uh, getting a jersey designed uh, by uh, Aaron Flynn uh, for their TF concept. So that'll be exciting uh, for it here um, if you're in, into uh, jerseys uh, for that here. To me, um, kind of a sad day. Uh, Bob Saget passed away. Hmm. Um, you know, you know, I'm a seventies kid. So, you know, it, you know, he was on TV a lot with the full house. Uh, so through there, um, and then obviously the, the, the big one, um, Sydney Portney, uh, Betty White, well, Sydney Portney, Betty White, uh, unfortunately passed away and, and I loved her like a mom. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, just, just be careful people. Um, and then my final, final thought, uh, this is year four, um, Scott, you know, like I said here, and I, you know, created this, uh, to focus on San Antonio soccer from high school. I know you've kind of filled the role of Scott, you know, with, 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 with the high school. Um, I know, uh, Royce has kind of filled my role, um, as, you know, the SAFC expert and, you know, I kind of fill in as the host for, you know, for, you know, for Scott here. So, uh, but do want to thank Scott, like I said here, uh, four years for a podcast uh, is quite a lot. We've seen a lot of changes, you know, from Jose, Danielle, um, Todd, uh, Rafa, Royce, um, Scott, obviously, um, you know, like I said here, and, and all the guests that we've had. Uh, I'm excited to see what year four brings uh, for us here. Um, you know, I know Rafa's hopefully going to have some high school coaches on, you know, you know, for that here or, um, players, whatever. I think we should probably stick to coaches after what the, uh, Lee, I think it was Lee last yeah. year that had the, uh, or no, it wasn't Lee. It was somebody that played Lee, um, that, uh, probably talked a little bit more than they should have, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gave some bulletin board material, but, you know, I'd love to have, you know, if you're on any, any high school coaches on that, you know, would like to kind of highlight your program, kind of talk about your season, especially 
after we get started here a little bit, you know, you know, when possibly when the uh, Rafa rankings come out, uh, kind of talk, you know, talk to coaches at that point because they'll have a better idea of what their teams are. Um, if you're a fan of high school soccer, if you want to come on and talk and talk about it, please uh, reach out to Rafa or me. Um, lower league soccer is going to kick in. We're you know going to start getting into the busy season. Obviously, uh, SAFC. We're always going to talk a lot of SAFC here. Uh, Athenians. We're you know hopefully going to pick up a little bit more Athenian coverage. Um, and Cup. then, pardon me. U.S. Open Cup. U.S. Open Cup. Uh, we'll be back supposedly. The uh, rounds will be announced. Uh, I want to say next couple of weeks because it got mm -hmm. pushed back because of possible. A issue in Nisa, unfortunately, working out a, a team uh, still here, and um, uh, the a team went to NPSL. Um, Corinthians, Corinthians. Uh, so Corinthians will be getting more coverage because uh, you know they are going NPSL, and NPSL is a league that you can track and follow along those lines. So you know we'll try to reach out to them um, to see if we can you know maybe try to highlight their program. But if you have any questions, you know, comments, you know, either DM me at, uh, as you can see, at Ram and Call, um, at, at SA Soccer Roundtable, uh, you know, we're, we're, our DMs are always open, um, you know, and, and like I said here, Royce, hope uh, hope we see you back in the next week or so uh, for that here, and I hope you and your family uh, stay healthy and, and for that here. Rafa, I know it was a tough year last year. Hopefully your holidays uh, went went through okay, but uh, hopefully 22 is much better for you and your family. Yeah. So, but I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, I said it was going to be a short show. It's still the average time frame on the show. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't curse that here, but I uh, do want to thank everybody for tuning in and hope everybody has a great day, great year, and what's life without goals.